Welcome to the Courage Queen Podcast. I'm your host, Justine Wenzel, entrepreneur, glam girl, and karaoke enthusiast. For over 10 years, I've been teaching women how to become more courageous by pressing into fear so they can step into their purpose. Whether it's me at the microphone solo or I'm sharing the stage with incredible guests, I'm committed to bringing you the best while sharing the truth that will set us all free. Time to wake up and stop giving fear all the power. I'm bringing tangible tips for more peace and authenticity while simultaneously giving you an ab workout as we weave in comedic flair. So buckle up because it's time to live your best life. Well, hello there. It's the Courage Queen. What's going on? Well, got to be honest with you guys. This is an episode I was not planning on doing this week. This is going to be a special episode because I am kind of doing this last minute, which is, let's be real, it's kind of my style. But welcome back to the Courage Queen podcast. We're going to talk about anxiety because anxiety is one of those weird terms that it feels like we all are experiencing. Like, I don't actually know if I've had a conversation with someone recently who has not had anxious feelings. Now, obviously, I hope this goes without saying, an anxiety health disorder is going to be different from frequently experiencing anxious feelings in certain moments of our lives. I think there's a lot of anxiety just on all fronts of us trying to navigate and grab onto some type of level of control in our lives. Oh, like if only anxiety burned calories. Wouldn't that be amazing? I've been thinking a lot about this this week because I have had actually a lot of anxious feelings this week. It's just been a week where there's like too much on the to-do list. I'm focusing too much on things I can't control. And I started realizing that most of my life, although I really do feel like I struggled with different forms of anxiety pretty frequently, I never really labeled it as anxiety. You know, I'd be frequently on the border of panic attacks and like what I would call like heart palpitations. That's definitely how it affected me with like the breathing issues, the heart palpitations, the heart going out of control. But I realized that ever since I really got clear about my healing journey of one of the biggest things in my life that I did not realize was like this root of a lot of my anxiety. So I wanted to kind of open that up today because I was having some anxious thoughts this week and I was kind of reverting back to some of those old patterns of thinking. And what made me realize (laughs) that I was doing this was the thought that I was constantly seeking answers for what is next in my life. And so much of anxiety is the relationship that we have with our thoughts. So we're constantly seeking those answers. And why do so many of us struggle with anxiety? Like, ask yourself, does it have anything to do with my need to know the future? Because we get so stuck in uncertainty in so many of these areas, needing to know the future, what's going to happen. And this is not anything new. There's something called determinism. And it's basically this idea of when we have enough data, we could kind of almost predict what's going to happen in a given scenario. So I have just found that if you're somebody who 
has problems in general making decisions, like you just never know what to decide, you're not a very decisive person, you probably do really struggle with this fear of major uncertainty. And what I want to kind of dive into is what does it look like to embrace this uncertainty and to really kind of picture ourselves in this flow of life, kind of like this, you know, imagine this river and we're kind of in the flow of life. And when we get tripped up by anxious feelings and by anxiety, it's really because like we're holding on to this rock in the middle of this river and we don't want to let go because we don't know what is ahead, right? We don't know what's going to be around the curve. Like, we don't, is there going to be danger? And we're just so afraid to make that decision because we don't know. There's this level of uncertainty. And what we fear we resist. I think that's just in general. When we do this, it just makes us more anxious. So like, how can we just invite that fear inward? Because the fear starts to retreat when we start to almost kind of have this embracing of this uncertainty of life. And again, I had to look back to this week and think, gosh, why do I have so much anxiety or why am I experiencing such anxious feelings? And it was because I literally, I I think about anxiety like this. It is literally conspiracy theories about yourself. So it's things that (laughs) are not true. It's things that could happen. The chance of them actually playing out in the way that we think about these conspiracy theories in our heads, 99% of the time, they don't even play out that way. And even if they did, we we wouldn't have control of it anyways. So like, how do we get stuck in this anxious cycle? And so I was kind of asking myself that, like, what are the things that keep me stuck in this anxious cycle? And so I want to share with you those five things that I find keep me stuck and I think keep other people stuck. And so the first thing I wrote down was rumination. You know, that would be like, we're stopping everything that we're doing, everything we have planned, And we're mentally going inwards to like go over the same thoughts over and over and over again. Like we're thinking that for whatever reason, if we do this, it's going to take the sting away of this particular fear. So we just ruminate over and over and over again. Like what's going to happen? He said this. She said this at work. Um, I had this argument with so-and-so. And like we're just ruminating over what actually happened. And we just are staying in this anxious cycle. The second one I was kind of writing down is I'm tr- we're trying to figure it out. So, you know, part of this rumination, we believe that these anxious feelings, whether it's in our body, whether it's in our mind, it could be a little bit of both. We believe that it's kind of like I at least believe that it's part of this like puzzle that I need to solve. Like I'm this I'm looking for this miracle to fix what is going on. Like I need to fix the anxiety. You know, meanwhile, the anxiety has all the attention during this. So it's just like running wild, like this wild animal. And there's just no stopping it. Like it just starts to just kind of spiral out of control. And like the more we talk about it, the more we share our fears with people and based on how people respond. And it's like, we're just reliving it over and over and over again. And like, what is that actually doing to improve our life or to get us out of those anxious feelings? Like it sounds so simple, but why can't we stop doing it? So the third thing that I was writing down is we are believing intrusive thoughts. So we are getting so anxious about all of these super bizarre intrusive thoughts that honestly are meaningless. They're usually pretty shocking to us because 
We're trying to rationalize, okay, what could make this true? We somehow believe that these thoughts are real, that they even make sense. And it just becomes this really like dangerous kind of road to go down because if we honestly shared some of these thoughts with other people, they'd be like, you're nuts. Like that is the furthest thing from the truth. But we literally get into such a belief place because We ask our mind to go back to look for evidence, essentially, without even saying that. We are essentially always looking for evidence. Like, okay, so I'm going to give you an example. Like, I'm always going to be in this place, right? Say you're worried about finances and you're like, I can't afford it. Okay, if you continue to say, I can't afford it in every situation, you're strengthening that thought pattern and you're just going to keep telling yourself and living in that place where you truly just believe over and over again that you can't afford it. Say you're single and everything that happens, you're looking for evidence as to why you are still single and why you can't find the right person. And you will ruminate. You will try to figure it out. You're going to solve a puzzle. Like, is it something with me? Do I need to fix something about myself? So, you know, we believe that these crazy things are real and we just like take it to this extreme. And then as we're ruminating it in our mind, we're looking for evidence like, well, it's never worked out before. Look at all these times it didn't work out. So it's not going to work out now. And we start speaking in these absolutes. So the fourth thing I wrote down was the constant reassurance piece and that seeking. I think in the beginning, it's like initially seeking reassurance for the worries that we have is probably normal. But when this becomes like a habit, a compulsion, then it keeps us firmly in this anxious cycle. Like we never allow ourselves the opportunity to practice with uncertainty, which I think is just a key in unlocking this entire thing. Like we have to embrace and accept that uncertainty piece and be like, you know what? Here's all the different things that could happen, but at the end of the day, I'm not in control. God's in control. If God wanted me in that situation, I'd be in that situation. And I just need to embrace and once again, go with the flow of life. It sounds easier than it really is. Totally get you there. But it leads to this final thing that keeps us in this place. And for me, (laughs) I'm not going to lie, it's avoidance. We avoid doing the stuff that our non-anxious selves would be doing. Like we put ourselves in the just in case or, you know, something bad happens type of scenarios. And we are firmly just embracing the anxious cycle rather than trying to break out of it. So we usually avoid out of fear of fear (laughs) more than anything else. So again, if you are feeling anxiety, you're trying to avoid feeling anxious or avoid having a panic attack or avoiding getting into these places, and it's just going to spiral us out of control. I think it's really important as we're getting into this, like obviously, I'm all about tangible tips, right? I'm also not going to be one of those people that's like, just take some deep breaths, girl. Like, you're fine. You can calm yourself down. Like, it's just anxiety. Like, no. Not going to say that to you because I think that, A, it's just completely ridiculous. If we really had that much control over it, um, hmm, so many people wouldn't be in a struggling place. But I think we really need to, again, address and really dig down deeper into what actually anxiety is. And for those of you that don't know, I am obsessed with Dr. Caroline Leaf. I think she is brilliant. She is really giving people tangible tips and control over these, how we have these relationships with our brain and with our thoughts, 
And she really says, she actually wrote a book um, that's called Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess. If you haven't read it, it is so, so good. I'm actually in the middle of reading it. And she talks about how anxiety is not a brain disease. Like even if it's been diagnosed as a mental health disorder for you, it's not a brain disease. Anxiety itself is a warning signal and it's a symptom of an underlying something that's going on. So like she explains it like it's a messenger to you. So you need to be a thought detective and do like some brain surgery without the blood, kind of how she says it. And she really takes you through in this book this whole thing that she calls the neurocycle. And that's how to manage your wise mind within your messy mind. So it's not that anxiety is going to go away. She's very clear about this, but it's managing those triggers and really trying to figure out how to go down deeper into those issues. What is it trying to tell you? What warning signal is underlying? Like, what is the root? And I find that this is so helpful because she just explains this in many different ways in her book. So I'm going to kind of go into that a little bit because I find this so fascinating. Our mind is always processing experiences of our life, and these root memories are going to be the bottom roots of a tree. So just like picture a tree. You have the bottom roots. Those are the root memories, like the first time we have these experiences, the first time we felt this way. And it will lead to up to the branches, which end up being what comes out of those root memories, which are the behaviors, the habits, the coping, all that kind of stuff. Managed anxiety is going to eliminate some of these causes. And, you know, when you're triggered, you're going to really have more of a level up of managing your mind. When we think about anxiety, you have to ask yourself, what am I experiencing right now? Is it overwhelm? Is it panic attacks? Is it frustration? You have to look and ask yourself, like, what are the behavioral signals? What am I doing in relation to the anxiety? What are the physical symptoms that I'm experiencing? Like my stomach's getting tight. So she goes into really deep dive detail in her book, which is what I love because I'm such a nerd when it comes to just learning about all of this stuff. And so if you are too, I would totally check out that book and get into all the nitty gritty of this. But she has some really, really great questions in here. Like she has you basically go through these journal prompts and say, like, why do I have these anxiety signals. So you have to reflect on why and actually kind of discuss with yourself like all of the steps that are eventually going to take you down to that route. So what she finds is a lot of times when people do this, they feel anxious a lot of the times. The root really comes from um, different experiences that they've had in their life, but it's like a lack of setting boundaries a large percentage of the time. It's important to not only set boundaries in place, which we've talked about in past episodes, but knowing ahead of time that most people will respond negatively when you put a boundary down. And so you will need to reinforce it and kind of power through in the beginning so that you can ease people into a transition period of understanding your boundary that you set. So you can't just set a boundary and then immediately come back. Everything that you currently do, the way that you respond to things, the things that make you anxious that go down to this root, you built it. So you are responsible for rebuilding it and reconceptualizing it because your mind is your thinking, your feeling, your choosing, and you have ways to manage and reduce these anxious feelings and experiences. And here's four of the things that Caroline talks about that I think are super helpful. So again, going back to embracing it, 
you have to acknowledge the source of the anxiety and tell yourself that it's okay to feel anxious in the moment. Today, we tend to medicalize our human emotions. Like if we have anxiety, we think something must be wrong with us or we think something must be wrong with someone else. This is really not the case. You know, we get anxious for many reasons all the time. And so you have to remind yourself this is a normal occurrence. Instead of suppressing your anxiety, which will only make it grow and strengthen in your non-conscious like a virus, and it affects your thought patterns and your future actions, no doubt. Being in a situation where you can train yourself to use those moments to acknowledge your fears and concerns, and then again, ask yourself, how am I reacting to these things? Like, am I going to grab a cookie because I'm just stressed out? Ate like a sleeve of cookies last night. Mm. Okay, yeah, was a little bit stressed. And rather than letting you be influenced in the moment, it's just stopping and having those moments to say, I'm not gonna let these influence my thoughts and actions, and I'm also not going to just suppress them and act like it's not important. Embracing our anxieties prepares us for the actual real lasting change. The second thing is timing. So setting a meeting with yourself to deal with the root causes of those anxious feelings, either right in the moment if you can, or later in the day. If it's later, compartmentalizing your anxiety by intentionally setting a reminder on your phone and jotting down in your calendar when you are going to actually go through and do this practice, but then shifting your focus to a task at hand, it's going to take some practice to do that because you will just be in a place a lot of times where you just can't even move forward with anything else. But this is a really proactive step that kind of gives you more control over your life when things kind of feel like they are falling apart and spiraling out of control. Then you make a plan to actually deal with it. And by doing this, you intentionally determine not to let the anxiety affect what you are doing in the moment. You are in control, not your anxiety. So I think for a lot of people, And I've noticed this myself. Like I used to say like, I just can't help it. I just can't help it. But it's taken me like a long time at this point to try to reclaim back those thoughts and talk myself through these processes so that they can rewire my brain and how I'm looking at these situations. So number three is do a mental autopsy. So this requires like looking back (laughs) like a regular autopsy at any anxious experiences, analyzing them, but not like for an extensive amount of time, looking at it and examining why something went the way it did and how could you improve it, whether this is something like at work, a relationship issue, and so on, you really need to come to an understanding. When you start to understand your experiences, you can reconceptualize them or redesign them in your brain by learning from those experiences And getting to a point where, again, you're really getting better at not letting your anxiety controlling you. So it helps you move forward and learn from the past. Like, okay, when I felt this way the last time, how did I deal with it? What helped? What didn't help? And what have I not been doing or what have I been avoiding? You know, anxiety, it's great to think of like, oh, I'll just take a bubble bath or I'll just do some self-care or um, I'll work on my breathing. All those things are great. But how about actually looking at it with forward thinking, just kind of testing yourself. Like, could I improve the way that I react the next time something similar happens? And we have to determine these root causes. For me, it was like this for a while. 
And I was not doing any of this work. And shocker, when I actually started doing it, this work, and I was really being intentional in those moments where I was really in escalated moments of anxiety, I really started to kind of capture those insights by writing in a journal, using the notes section of my phone, and I started really examining the patterns of what I was falling into to try to gain a different perspective on what the root cause could be so that I had more of a chance of reconceptualizing it. So the last one here is imagine yourself in the future. This actually creates more physical networks in the brain. So it gets you kind of into more of an optimism mode, let's call it, Um, and more looking into possibilities. Like instead of seeing a series of failures, you can kind of see how learning opportunities can open more doors in the future to kind of strengthen and build this new structure that you're working on in your brain. You know, you have to almost kind of visualize yourself overcoming some type of hurdle or accomplishing something in the future and asking yourself, like, how is that going to feel? How am I going to be celebrating that milestone? So as you are imagining the future, you're actually changing the present because your brain is responding positively to like the hopes and dreams and the things that you want to create. By doing that, You are imagining more positive things, more positive results in the present rather than fearing the future and making fear more of a reality in the moment, our expectations kind of change the structure of our brains. And again, in quantum physics, this is actually called retroactive causation. This is actually something that I was looking into because I just thought that this was so fascinating, how you can build such resilience by managing and dealing with anxiety. And I don't think that people talk about this enough. And like I said, again, if this is like an anxiety disorder, that is a whole nother ball game. And I'm not saying that all these things are gonna work for you. But I don't think we talk enough about how much control we really do have on reconceptualizing these neural pathways. And we're building a habit of training the brain to be more proactive when it comes to managing the anxiety. So this can create like, super huge, massive changes, not only in our brains in the current moment, but it's teaching us to embrace our fears and move forward rather than being so consumed by our fears. It's teaching you how to be a courage queen. Like, what's better than that, right? Anyways, those are some of the things I want to share today. I wanted to just get into the nitty gritty, like get all like my science. I feel like I should put my glasses on right now. Um, I'm just cracking up because, gosh, Our brains have really tricked us into thinking that we need to be in this anxious state to get things done and perform well, but anxiety does not improve performance. You have to ask yourself, is this habit serving you and getting you to where you want to go in life? And this is based on your own reward hierarchy, but if not, then we need to look for a bigger, better offer or a better habit loop is what um, Caroline talks about that feels better and actually is going to move us forward. So this helps us realize that we can often use very bad habits as coping mechanisms to suppress our feelings of anxiety. So I had to come to terms with the fact that like, wow, that is a really negative and bad coping mechanism that I try to use to suppress the anxiety that I'm feeling. So as a result, we end up hiding anxiety in a negative behavior. We cannot force ourselves to break these bad habits. So again, asking ourselves, is this habit still serving me? Is this habit serving my health? How useful is this habit to me really? 
So creating that curiosity and awareness is really going to be key here. And lastly, if you're a believer, you really might want to look within and ask yourself, why am I not trusting my creator? If your anxiety is to a place where it inhibits you from being able to live your life, I want to just encourage you that it's important to talk to someone and really see what your options are. Only you can be the best advocate for your own health. Well, with that said, I... I'm going to channel and embrace my own anxiety of the week of trying to get this episode out to you right now. (laughs) So anyways, I hope that that was helpful to you. And we're going to have a great interview episode coming up next week. And you know it's going to be epic. So gotta go. Have a great week, guys. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you loved it, would you send it to a friend who could be encouraged? Or share it on social and tag me so I can personally thank you for sharing the sweet sauce. For more episodes, check out and subscribe to Courage Queen Podcast, where we share fresh perspectives and stories for people who have the guts to be vulnerable and grow through what they go through. You can also join the conversation on Instagram at Courage Queen Pod. As always, thanks for being here. Courage starts with showing up.